Hello everyone, I hope you're all good and you're keeping well. My name is Callum Hughes and this is the Creative Minds podcast. Just before I introduce my next special guest, I just wanted to let you all know if you wanted to listen back to the Creative Minds podcast episode so far, you can do so on the likes of Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Alternatively, you can watch the episodes back on my Instagram TV. I'm switching it up again for this episode by speaking to a rising star on the boxing circuit, Bradley the Stingray. We all know that Manchester is a breeding ground for talent, especially in the world of boxing over the years. Brad is a professional middleweight boxer who is undefeated 10-0. Training out of Ricky Hatton's gym, he's trained by Blaine Eunice and his impressive string of back-to-back wins that he's put together has caught the eye of hugely influential promoters, including Eddie Hearn. Brad's commitment, work ethic, sacrifices, and his undeniable ability in the ring is already starting to pay dividends with Eddie Hearn and the Matchroom team giving Brad the opportunity to fight on undercards on Sky Sports. In this episode, we'll be discussing his fight so far, the mental and, phys- mental and physical benefits of training, staying focused during a pandemic and the long-term vision of someone who's already being referred to as one of British boxing's hottest prospects. So I'm going to invite Brad in now. That's better, mate. Looking good now. (laughs) I was going to say, I think... Any women that were watching, they come to see your face, mate. It's all blurred. They haven't come to watch me, so. <laughs> Looking like Brian Watch. <laughs> I was going to say, mate, um, you've got the uh, the body of Baywatch, and I'm the one with the face of Crime Watch, so <laughs> def- definitely how it's worked, mate. But um, yeah, as we were saying before, mate, appreciate you coming on. Obviously, it's a, it's a different addition to the podcast um, compared to normal, and obviously, it was Tom Leake from the. Uh, NYX, if, I hope I've got that right anyway, that you uh, reached out to me that you, you're doing some work with and you said it was a, a natural relationship, kind of friends of friends from people who've come to watch you box so far. Yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's something kind of like, uh, I'm not really, the marketing side is it's something I've not really had to deal with before. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of people you know, who come to watch me are like, just me mates and followers and stuff you know I know the majority of them um, but after the kind of that last win and you know the if I'm good enough where you know I believe we can get to is some of that I'm going to have to deal with and you know some of that I think they could massively help me with yeah definitely it's it's such a big thing nowadays I think maybe the old school boxing there was less of an emphasis on branding and marketing it was basically you were like you were rough as fuck and you just knocked people out and that's how you made your money but as we all know now it's you know I know that your career is, you know, starting to really take off now, but I suppose you do have to look at long term, you know, how you can branch out and create almost like a, a brand for yourself with your own name on, on top of your uh, your ability in, in the ring. So now that's good that you're looking at it now in your early 20s instead of, you know, sometimes people, they look at it too late when it's like, you know, they're almost coming to the end of their career. So it's good. Yeah, definitely. You know, the, the sport... Especially in the last few years, you know, the sports is like most people really, the sport's changing, you know what I mean? And obviously, you know, we've got to, you've got to change with it, I do, and you've got to, um, 
know, it's easy with me because it's just what I grew up with. But some of the, the older lads who probably come into the back end of career, you know, they probably find it, find it quite difficult. Yeah. I mean, fair play, you've got to look at, for instance, I know probably a generic choice and an obvious one, but obviously Anthony Joshua, you know, like the, the, the business side of his career outside of the ring, you know, the, the, the guy's made... I'd be surprised if it's not multi-millions by now just from the uh, the endorsement deals and, you know, the adverts and things like that. It's mad the potential that you can reach like, outside of the ring. Yeah, 100%. It's great at what he does as well. And, you know, he, he isn't just a boxer. He's, he's everywhere you look at the moment. AJ, he's on bus billboards, he's on TV, adverts and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think I've been to... Yeah, nah, but it's for, obviously we were saying before, just before obviously we, uh, we we reset it, you know, boxing's one of those things, it's um, obviously clearly with you so far, with your undefeated record, clearly, you know, you're you know, you, you're not just a face on Instagram, you're not just, um, you know, a, a few press shots and a few right hooks, obviously you're doing the business when you're in the ring, but I suppose it's like any walk of life, you know, first and foremost, it's you have to focus on the product, you know, whether you're a boxer, whether you're a footballer, you're a DJ, whatever you are, you know, when you go to do your job, you, you have to be good at it, which clearly you are, because it's all well and good, looking good on Instagram, but, you know, when you're in that ring, there's there's, there's no, like, followers on Instagram that are going to back you up when someone's coming at you with a, with a right hook, is there, so? Yeah, 100%, and it, it's the stuff that, it's the stuff that you see away from that that makes a difference, you know what I mean? It, it's the work that, I put in, you know, when the camera's not on, mm. you know, the going for late night runs or whatever, or, or the dieting and stuff that, you know, that it makes a difference between the kids that, that aren't doing that, that are only doing it when, when they post it for Instagram, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. That's what makes a difference at the end of the day. Yeah, I think without being patronising to people or being too harsh, I mean, I know, to be fair, I think you're only about three years younger than me, but I think because we kind of missed that like when we were leaving school that generation where social media has become an obsession what's happened now is you know that there is that clout chasing it's emerged when something's hot in a market whether it's boxing or whatever it is that's that's hot people will jump on it because they think oh you know that's a way to get more followers or that's what looks good on instagram but you know you've got to be willing to put that hard work in behind the scenes when you're not getting the likes you're not getting the followers and you're not getting the seal of approval from everyone you know, when people aren't aren't seeing you where, you know, face value. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, and when, when it when it comes down to that, like, you know, that, that's when a lot of them is that's when uh, they, they look for the easy way out and stuff and um, you know, it, it, it's hard sometimes, it's hard doing it, you know what I mean? It's very easy just having a bad meal or skipping a run or you know what you mean? It, it's easy to do because it's a very very physically demanding sport that we're in and it's easy to you know, I, I deserve a rest tonight. I've trained out this morning or whatever, you know what I mean? But, you know, if you've got a session planned in, you, you've, you've got to get them done. And, you know, I think them, them little percentages are what makes the difference down the line. Yeah, 100%, mate. But, uh, before we go back to the start of your boxing journey, which um, I know that, to be fair, you've already had, like, the 10 professional fights so far, but it's almost like you, your journey is only kind of properly taking off now, you know, with some of these bigger undercard fights. Obviously, I feel you know that, that it's important to have the discussion around mental health, um, especially with everything that's gone on during a roller coaster twelve months. You know, obviously historically there has been a bit of a stigma around men's mental health, and the fact that 
I think we saw with Tyson Fury, you know, people can unfairly assume that if you're a boxer and even more so, if, you know, if you're a heavyweight champion, that you're going to be immune to, to mental health problems for, throughout your life, you know, because you're, you know, you're the big man who's winning fights and you, especially at his level, you know, he, he almost guilt trips himself. We'd be saying, I've got all this money in the bank, got a beautiful family, got cars, I've got everything you could ever wish for. And, you know, he, he still didn't feel right. So, especially with yourself as an up-and-coming fighter and there's been so much uncertainty in the boxing market the last the last 12 months, how, how have you found the last year, you know, trying to stay focused on, on everything? Yeah, you know, I think it, it has it's been hard for, uh, for everyone, you know. Um, but, um, you know, I, I had my good days, my bad days through, through lockdown days where I was thinking, right, come on, get, get you. Yeah, it's all good, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like I said, mate, you've had your uh, good days and bad days. I was very lucky that the gyms were allowed back open. Um, you know, I think it would have been a different story if the gyms were open. But it's a very lonely sport as well, boxing. You know, a lot of the stuff you wear, uh, obviously you are part, part of the team and in the gym, you know what I mean? You, you have to crack with the lads and stuff, but a lot of stuff you're doing on your own and with me when when I'm training um, I come away through the week so it's, it's not far it's 20 minutes on the road I'm staying in Hyde from where I'm in Stratford it's a 20 minute ride but still I'm kind of isolating myself and taking myself away from my friends from my family and that and you know because I know it's kind of how I perform best and it's how to get the best out of me um, but you know, it is hard, you know, I only get to go home, home weekends most of the time. I'm home for a day and a half and in the back up there and it is hard, but it's just, it's part of it, it's what you've got to do and how you manage it. Yeah, of course, man. You, you've got to make those initial sacrifices because I think, you know, for 95%, you know, plus of, of people, there isn't that easy route, the shortcut. You know, a lot of us, we're not born into, you know, like overly privileged households. Or, you know, you have everything handed to you and, you know, you, you can take that shortcut so, you know, what like we were saying before, there is this culture that's emerged, whether it's, you know, with, with, with Instagram, you know, people looking at other people's lives and assuming that the success comes overnight and they don't yeah, see the journey. Yeah, there's a lot of comparing in the on Instagram and a lot of it, a lot of it bollocks anyway, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Um, you know, this, they call it the influencers and all that, you know, it, a lot of it's not, not that it's real. And we're all, we're all guilty of it, aren't we? Like, yeah, yeah. Even myself, you know, if you get four pictures, you pick your best one, don't you? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it is, it's just, everything's a bit, a bit fake and a bit, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm not a big fan of these, these influencers and stuff. Nah, nah, same here, bro. Yeah, definitely. I was going to ask, obviously, um, obviously, you know, you strike me as a very down-to-earth lad and, you know, you're, you're just focusing on your own journey, but is it ever... You know, hard at times where not necessarily at all where you'd look at someone else's journey and you know be bitter. But you know, when you're putting all the grafting, you know, with the dieting, the late night runs, and and you know the work in the gym. You know, maybe when other people get opportunities that you think not that you think you're entitled to, but you think you know I've put all this grafting. Why aren't maybe I on on, on that undercard? Do you think naturally boxers always go through that even before social media existed, where you think. I feel like I deserve that, but I haven't really been given the chance or the opportunity. Yeah, 100%. I think probably at the moment 
it's even worse. You know, it's you, you've just hit the nail on the head. You know, I've been how I felt for the last two years. Um, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm now very lucky that I'm getting the opportunities, but that's you know it's because of it. I've done it the hard way. You know what I mean? There's a lot of lads at the moment who you know it's down to who's got the most followers or get on the show, and you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's been on, TV before and, and stuff like that. You know, you see it at the moment with these YouTubers. Oh, uh, uh, Jake Paul and that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nonsense, mate. I think making billions and, um, you know, you don't blame him for the money that's in it. If, if I could go and have a game of tennis and get picked over, I'd make five million, you know what I mean? I'd yeah, yeah. I'd rubbish at it. Yeah, you know, when, when you look at stuff like that, you're a bit like, yeah, well, yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, dedicated my life to this, and yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm living, living, you know, not nice and getting there now, but you know, I always think like, come on, I, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's just part of it, and it's something you've got to deal with. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I know it is difficult because even when I read um, Tyson Fury's book, that Behind the Mask, which I thought was a was a next level read, and I mean, it's talking about his entire career, and he was saying about. Um, obviously I'm not going to bring you into the conversation because it's unfair to put you on the spot but we all know in any walk of life there's, there's politics in every industry whether it's football you know we've seen it with that whole Super League thing of the day because there's so much money involved you end up ripping the soul out of something and, and, and the passion and what it's really there for because there's money to be made and, and that's what he was saying in his book you know he had to go the long hard route to get the big opportunities against the Klitschko's and people like that because it's almost like they were trying to pick and choose their fight so they'd keep their undefeated record so they'd always be fighting people they knew they knew they could beat. Yeah, it's like, it's like anything boxing, you know what I mean? It, it, boxing's been there for years. You know, yeah, 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 right yeah. Back to the, right back to the beginning. But even, even the amateur scene, you, know, you probably won't think it'd be good because it's not really money involved. Um, well, there's money involved, but not, you know, like, like the protein where you're fighting for money. Um but yeah, you know, you might even say that's worse. It's worse than the Yeah, pros. yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and that's that's been like right, right down from boxing in little conservative clubs when you when you're twelve years old, right up to Olympic finals, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, you know, boxing's been better. I've probably been been better since you started, you know, <laughs> been time for everyone. And um, yeah, you know, there is there's lots of politics involved, but again it's just something you've got to learn to live with Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a big thing, isn't it? You know, you, you've got to have that mindset, not just going into a fight, but just dealing with the industry as a whole, whether it's boxing or most industries. You know, you, you can sit there and, um, you know, pity yourself or sit there and feel like the, the whole world's against you and everything's stacked against you, the cards are stacked against you. But if you develop that negative mindset, you're never going to progress, you're never going to succeed because you, you're, all, you're already accepting defeat before you've, you've gone in the gym. Or, or you've gone in the ring because you feel like, oh, no, I'm not going to get this opportunity. You const- you'd constantly doubt yourself and it's never going to happen. I think with me as well, like when, when I did it, um, obviously I've been, in, I've been in the sport for already probably 12 years or whatever it was before I turned pro. And you get a lot of kids that they, they sign up over to turn You know, I'm going to be on TV, going to be famous. Gonna be a millionaire, and it's not how it works. It's, it's really not how it works. But I kind of, I knew what I was getting myself in for. I knew that the first 
couple of years, probably going to be difficult. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's one thing that the coach playing always says to us, like, if you're good enough, it'll come. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, no matter how, how many setbacks you get, like, if you're good enough, it'll come. And even now, like, I'm in a position where, you know, I've got spots on that big show and we were hoping kind of with, with a good performance, you know, we might, might get the call up from one of these big promoters or matchroom or whatever and nothing's come, nothing's come at the moment. And even now, he says, like, if you're good enough, it'll come, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Keep going. And, but a lot, of, a lot of the kids don't get to that point um, because it's either... The money that like, I'm lucky, I've got kind of good team around me, but good support, good sponsors. Yeah, I'm lucky. I can train full time. A lot of these lads have got to work full time jobs as well as the training, and the training's out enough on, on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, never mind. You know what I mean? We're, we're working a full time job. A lot of them got kids. You know, all this fake all and stuff. Mm. And um, you know, and eventually you don't get to that position where if they were good enough, and they finally come good. They don't make it to that position because it, because it takes so long to come. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas, you know, I, I'm lucky. I'm in a good position where I get to train full-time. You know, I've got sponsors who look after me. I get put up in the house. I get to have a lot of my stuff. Yeah, it's class, that is. Yeah, so... Obviously, uh, they see potential in you. Know, that's the difference, obviously, because you put that work in and, obviously, you know, you, you combine the work ethic with, with the raw talent. There's obviously a lot of people who believe in you. That's why they invest the time and the money yeah. because they know you've got that potential to to go all the way yeah definitely and like it's a bit of a buzz you know when, when you get people who want to want to invest in you want to sponsor you yeah you yeah their company name on me shorts because they, they obviously see something you know what I mean and obviously I, I think I've got potential to go and do whatever but it's yeah. nice to see that you know other people believe me and other people want to want to invest nah 100% mate that, that's class but um, I, I did watch um, obviously the, the, the fight you had with uh with Cutler and I think it's mad because I know obviously that the crowd wasn't there but there's still you know so much pressure you know you've got like your family your friends and obviously you know it's on such a, a massive platform like Sky Sports and then you've got you know you like to Eddie Hearn watching and Matchroom and everybody else but to me it just looks like you're in the zone and in your natural habitat you didn't you don't look phased whatsoever and um, do you go through like those, you know, those pre-match nerves when you, you know when you're in the the dressing room with, with, with the lads and that, or do you just feel like focus on the job and that's it? You know what, like you said, it, it's something I've done my whole life. Uh, I probably feel most comfortable in the ring, you know, getting punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really a nervous person. I don't really get nervous, but on the morning of this fight, I woke up and you know I had I had a bit of butterflies and I had to take a few and stuff. And, Shows you care though. I always think when you get butterflies and that, it shows that you, you care about like, the job yeah, at hand. You don't want to thought like, oh no, you know, this doesn't usually happen. Went to get a little bit of breakfast with me coach playing. We had a bit of a walk and we had, had a bit of a chat. And, you know, we just talk, kind of talked through the fight, talked through the training, talked through all the years of training we've done. And then after that, just nothing. I just knew that. Yeah, you know, it, it was my time, and I knew that I'd not caught any corners, and I knew that you know if I go out there and do what I've been doing in the gym, perform that you know I'm going to show everyone what I can do. After I think it was more, I knew what the fight could lead to. I knew what a good performance could lead to. It, it was my, you know, I've been calling out for a chance for ages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I'm not like you said before. You know, some people getting picked up and stuff. You know, I, I didn't want. You know, I didn't want to be fed on the so to speak. You know what I mean? I didn't want it to be given to me. I yeah. Wanted to learn it. 
and I knew that this was my chance now to earn it. And, you know, people, if a, if a good performance, people will sit up and take notice and, you know, we obviously did that. Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, it's start, starting to come together. But when, when you were saying before, you know, you know, you like to KSI and Jake Paul and that YouTubers, you know, taking advantage of the platform and getting paid, probably it, it, it depends how you look at it. And I suppose for someone like yourself who, you know, you've gone the long route, you know, you've had to make so many sacrifices and it's only starting to come together. And you look at someone who, you know, they're, they're not boxers, they're, you know, they're people who just... It's just for, it's just purely for entertainment. It's not really about athleticism or or sport. But obviously, I know you'd be saying um, you know if you go to play a game of tennis. But uh, if in ten years' time you end up playing Andy Murray at Wimbledon, I'll make sure to fucking call you out and say, yeah, Brad said he was never going to go into tennis. <laughs> Quality, but now since um, you you train out at Ricky Hatton's gym, um, so am I right in saying that you've still been able to train? over the last year because boxing is your professional with the pandemic were, were you not able to go into the gym at first or yeah so after the first lockdown initially ended when everything was shut down um, yeah we were allowed in then and um, kind of from that point can't remember when maybe September time maybe earlier actually I think it was probably earlier but from that point I remember I remember seeing an interview with Eddie Earn actually and he, he was saying like kids that are in the gym and putting the work in now you know it's, it's very easy to you know slack off it's not looking like it's going to be any fight soon the kids that are putting the work in now you know they're going to be the ones that when the shows do come out they'll be getting the call up first yeah I thought I want to be on that very first show you know of course mate whatever it is I want to be on that show mm. so we've been training I've got fight fit um, since I coming back shows come them We've got nothing, nothing coming up, um, and then back end of the year there was a few, few opportunities that got put to us like late notice fights, fights against heavy kids, you know, like three, three days notice, and I was like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the manager Steve, I think going to do dead in a little bit. I was just like, <laughs> what about him? What about this chill pulls out? Or, Pipe down, lad. Fucking pipe down. If someone come up and do that, I'm better to fight. You know, never in my life. Uh, you know, I'm always in the gym. I'm always training, but I've never been. You can't just ring me at three days notice and I was ready for a fight. You know what I mean? And, yeah, of course. Uh, and I just knew that. You know, it, it showed me how much to put it in, and got to Christmas, nothing come up. Uh, so we had two weeks off over Christmas, and then. First of January, I was uh, back on it, same mentality, straight away. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I'm very lucky that we got this call up uh, for the show. There's a lot of lads in my position. You know, they, they, they still sat there, you know, probably not been paid for a year and a half now. And, you know what I mean? A, a lot of them will probably go and find, find jobs. And once you start making a few quid, will they come back to boxing? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm very lucky that I got that opportunity. And the opportunity was... On a, on a big stage yeah no definitely but it's absolutely bang on what, what you said there about you know Eddie Hearn obviously you you were observing you know and, and, and taking note of what the the influential big promoters like Eddie were saying about you know the the up and coming talent that are you know still digging deep and putting in the work even during a pandemic and you know I'm, I'm sure you know there's a lot of people out there you know they've had their own personal issues mental health problems or you know other things in their life that maybe 
stop them from from doing that, what they wanted to do. But I think for a lot of us, it was very easy to just throw in the towel and be like, oh, I'm, I'm giving up on this passion project or what I really want to do. And, you know, I, I've been kind of the same as you. I know we come from de- very different backgrounds, but I could have just said, oh, I can't be asked anymore, you know, doing my management stuff and, and focusing on different things. But I think the, the cream of the crop generally does rise to the top. And I'm not referring to myself there, you know, people like yourself and, you know, a lot of other people as well who didn't throw it, throw in the towel, pardon the pun, but, um, you know, and, and really, you know, dug deep just to still get it done because what people don't realise, you know, these bigger promoters um, in, in a lot of different um, arenas, they're very observant. You know, they might keep their cards close to their chest, but they're watching, you know, they're watching people like you, they're watching a lot, a lot of other people. And, you know, they might have seen someone who before the pandemic was coming up, then as soon as, um, you know, the shit hits the fan, you know, that, that person suddenly disappears off the face of the earth. They're going to think, well, are they really serious? Are they in it for the right reasons? Are they in it for the long haul? And, you know, it, it, it pays dividends in the end, which obviously clicks. I think a lot of people as well, you know, especially, I know for a fact that I did kind of switch a negative into a positive, like, yeah. in, a mad, in a mad way that year, but I often think it's been so beneficial to me. Mm. Um, I was talking to the coach playing about it this morning, um, you know, the, I think the year off has done me the world of good and the position where I'm in now to what I was in a year ago, like, you know, I, in, not just in my career, but in my life, you know what I mean? Everything's just fucking so much better and looking so much more positive. Yeah. And I think that, that year off, you know, it's given me kind of, kind of a time to kind of step back and, and look at my career and my life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and what, like, where, where, where I want to go with it. Yeah, well, I was going to, that's what I was about to come on to in terms of like that, that re-evaluation, I think a lot of us went through that, you know, look, looking at your strategy and, and, and your vision. What what were your kind of thoughts, you know, when you, when you took a step back step back yourself and then I suppose, you know, having that conversation with, with Steve and then with, with Blaine as well, what what kind of thoughts were you having in terms of the, the direction and what you want to do? Yeah, it was just, you know, even before before the pandemic, uh, pandemic we, we talked about, kind of stepping up and boxing better opposition and getting the sound's gone sorry mate how's that okay yeah yeah all good mate yeah I'm still quite young mate I'm only 23 but you know I, if you're good enough you're old enough and you know I, me and Blake are confident that, that I was good enough to step in with these undefeated lads and in a year's time I want to be in a position where I'm fighting for titles and then um, so kind of before the pandemic, it's something that we talked about. And, you know, I think Steve was trying to pull the reins a little bit, saying, oh, you're only young, take your time. But because of the pandemic, a lot of people in my position, these lads, they've had to step up. It's the only the only opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. go on TV shows as the way fighters and mm. stuff like that. Um, You've got to step up sooner or later as well, I think. You know, I understand, you know, sometimes with, with management, you've got that kind of duty of care where with their experience, they might look at it and think, oh, is he quite ready just yet? But if you're confident in your own ability and, you know, you get that opportunity, even in normal times, you know, sooner or later, you've, you've got to take those big fights to, to to prove that you can take on the, you know, the the heavier opposition, not just in terms of weight, but obviously, you know, what, what they're bringing to the table. Um, and especially in a pandemic, you know, those opportunities, um, you know, were, were becoming slimmer and slimmer. Um, so clearly it was um, the right thing but obviously I've, 
never been there myself. Um, Ricky Hatton's gym, you know, I've, I've followed him since bloody hell. I, I can still remember watching that Mayweather fight, which I was, I was wounded, mate, when, uh, when, when he didn't where win. We are, mate, where we are. Yeah, absolutely. But obviously, I've, you know, followed him for some time and obviously Campbell's journey and then yours as well. It just, it just seems like the culture that's been fostered in that community and not within the gym you know, obviously it's, it's good for you mentally and physically and your journey as boxers, but it just seems like it's it's really positive, it's good crack, you know, it's good good family vibe in there. Yeah, it is, you know, we've got a, we've got a good set of lads now, a good team. Um, and, you know, it's just that I love being in the gym, you know, and it's, I know people say, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life, and I don't get up in the morning and think, well, I've got to go to work, you know what I mean? It's not work, I'm in the gym, and I'm looking what I'm doing. And I think, especially more since the pandemic, and the added, I had it taken away from me for a little bit. Yeah. You know, and then you get a bit of a reminder, like, wow, I'm so lucky to do what I do. And when I got back in the gym, even though I was probably about 20 pounds over from me fight, where, you know, we don't fit, I was, you know what I mean? And it was grass, but I was just, I always had a smile on my face, and I was just happy to be there because I'd not had it for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it, it's it's a great great self in the gym, great set of lives we've got coming through now. Kind of when I first joined the gym, I was kind of like I was the young lad, you know what I mean? I was the youngest. A lot of lads kind of ex- uh, more experienced than me, older than me. Um, but in the last year, we've had a bit of a bit of a change in the card. Uh, the card, a lot of them have retired or moved on, um, and we've got a good group of young lads coming through now. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the old one, and I'm. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, but yeah, you know, we've got some talent in there, obviously. We've got Ricky, which is a great experience. We've got Blay, which is my head coach, but kind of all work together, work, work as a team. And yeah, it's just a great place to be. Yeah. How did that come about then? Because obviously, it doesn't strike me, you know, someone with experience, you know, who's been as successful as, as Ricky has in his career. And obviously, your head coach, was it the case that you. I wouldn't say headhunted, but were you handpicked to join that gym? How does that kind of structure and, and set up work where you get brought into the inner circle, like as, as a boxer? So I was I was trained to be played um, for a couple of years before I was in with Ricky. So I'm like, he, he's been my coach for a few years now. And then, and then he become kind of Rick's assistant coach, slowly but surely, and probably inspiring their lads. You know, and then they're coming through the day, and it was just kind of like a natural progression, really. Yeah. And, you know, it just it's it was never really a point where it was like, like I'm gonna start training there now, and you know, it just it just happened, and now I'm here, and it feels like I'm yeah, yeah. There, you know what I mean? That I think that that's always the the best journey. So you know, like everyone I've interviewed so far on this podcast, I think a lot of the journeys that are really successful and have longevity, it's where it just organically just slots into place it's not forced it's you know not trying to everything just just happens and you know when I, when I look back now and think like you know it's flown by to be fair because I've been going up to the gym since I was probably 15, 16 yeah yeah and um, and yeah when I look back now and even you know just like I said seeing, seeing the gym change seeing people go but oh, I'm still there I'm still sitting solid <laughs> yeah no definitely but um, I know that you're you know, not that old, and your and your journey is only really just beginning. Um, you know, climbing your way to, to the summit of taking home like the big prizes. But um, I was intrigued. Like, how long have you been boxing for, and, and do you come from 
a fighting family, you know, where it's been bred into you from someone like your dad or your granddad with boxing or? Probably come from a fighting family, but not a boxing family. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking class answer that is. <laughs> yeah, but I've been, um, I've been in the gym since I was seven already. Um, my dad, my dad has, has an amateur gym in Tolton, which me, me, the whole family involved in, my mum. I was there for a year, for a year that was coaching for years and, you know, I, I owe a lot to them since we were, since we were a little kid, you know what I mean? And not even just like, just boxing. Like I used to do, we used to do a lot of coaching, coaching classes and stuff, and just like the confidence and me talking and, you know what I mean, talking to groups and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, it, it brought me on a long way, so, so I owe them a lot. But um, yeah, I've been in about the gym since I was eight. And Fair play though, that's next level that is, because I mean, I'm alright now, but I've lost a bit of weight, but until I was about 18, I was always the, I was always like a fat, like Luca Modric when I was at school, long blonde hair, like, bigger tits, and, bigger tits than Katie Price, and I never touched the gym. I was a little too big, you believe it, <laughs> you're, um, yeah, you'll be surprised at the pictures, and that's was another one of the reasons, you know, I used to play a bit of football, lose a bit of weight, and then, you know, I just fell in love with the sport. Next thing you know, and 97 amateur fights, you know, multiple national titles, box for England, represented England, and yeah, and I, I just felt the time was right for me uh, to turn pro. You know, it, it was quite, quite, I was quite not young, but even even when I turned pro, it was a bit like that, should have shown there, yeah, in the right time. And then um, I just felt it was the right time for me, you know, mentally and. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't, but looking back now, you know, I'm doing well for myself and I think it was the right decision and, you know, hopefully I'm just going to push on from here. Yeah, definitely, mate. But um, like we have already discussed, you know, in terms of those close relationships you've got with uh, Blaine, you know, your trainer, the head coach, and then your, your manager, Steve Wood, at VIP Boxing. Um, did both of those relationships come about organically and, like, talk us through how those relationships came about, obviously, with your trainer and um, the manager? Yeah, so obviously, with playing, it was just, you know, it wasn't we didn't even need a discussion about, you know, are you the coach to turn pro with or are we going somewhere else? Um, and, yeah, so obviously that just kind of happened natural, naturally. Um, and then Steve, obviously, is local to me, he's not far from me, puts on a lot of shows, um, Local to me, like my debut with that Victoria Warehouse, which is about a five minute walk from where I grew up. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they do Warehouse Project as well, isn't it? What's that? Is that, that where they do Warehouse Project as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not anymore, but they used to. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we went and had a sit down with Steve, had a bit of a chat, um, and just everything he said, you know, just, just made sense. and and next thing you know, I signed a contract, boxing a few months later, and you know, I've not looked back since. And you know, it's been good to me, Steve. Like he's got me the opportunities that, like I said, like I'm calling out for. And you know, I think we've got a little team now that can take me far. You know what I mean? If uh, if we can keep me keep me head on it, and you know, we have a little bit of luck. I think it's a good team that you know we can go far with. Yeah, definitely. With Everything that's happened the last year, obviously, you know, you, you strike me as someone, you know, very confident, you know, you, you, you're grounded, you know, you don't really seem to get nervous. How, like, 
imperative and, and fundamental are those relationships, you know, like with the moral support, you know, when you said, you know, you might have your good days and your bad days, you know, and you've said it's, you know, quite a lonely sport when you're going through the training, you know, like when you're having the tough days, because I think people just assume with like a manager or, or a trainer, it's very much like business, they sort your fight and yeah, thanks lads, happy days and you know, your trainer, you're in the gym and then you go home, like how close is that relationship, you know, like when you're having your tough days and, and things like that? Yeah. Say especially with Blay, like he, because it wasn't long ago where he was kind of in my position as you know he's, he's quite a young coach. A lot of boxing coaches, are, you know, they're a bit older. Quite a young coach playing me. It wasn't long ago where he was a professional boxer in, in my position, and I think because of that, he's, he's very understanding. Like he knows, he knows sometimes you're gonna go home with your ear a bit, but you know, he knows sometimes that. You know, you might have a few beers on a Saturday night. <laughs> and it works kind of like you can work, especially at times like that, like now, where I've got nothing coming up or whatever, you know what I mean? You know, I'm just a normal 23 year old kid at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like doing normal stuff as a 23 year old kid. Like <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, it's not it's not all business, it's not all hard work and training, um, but there's a time and a place for it, and I think with him, he's, he's very good with that. but even even my mates and like like my missus like they they very good to know that if I've got a fire coming up don't don't call me you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> and like my missus she like she'll leave me the diet with me when I come home on the weekend fair play you know what I mean and it, it must be hard for him it is very hard for him but you yeah. know he, he, he understand what I'm doing and I think it's worth it for the uh I was I was gonna say um, we, we've got that rooftop party in August. I was gonna say oh, if you're not fighting, then uh, then come to Birmingham for it. But fucking the next thing I'll have is is is, is Blaine on my doorstep already. Her going, what the fucking hell are you doing? He's on my fucking undercard next week. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, mate. If not, I'll be there. You know what? But, uh, if you're a man, it's not hidden in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, Amazing, the lads there, uh, and they used to come in the gym and play. And used to say like, "He's been in your club again." So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's mad. I think that that that's the hard one as well. I mean, you know, like like you say, the, the odd few points and that. You know, you're still a 23 year old lad, but I think it's like you know yourself with those sacrifices, especially um, the side of the music industry that I'm involved in. You know, those parties go until six, seven a.m. <laughs> They're the ones that you don't want to be going to. <laughs> no, lethal. But um, I know with the, the level you're competing at, the commitment and the consistency you know you put into your daily routines is, is paramount to your success. Um, and you were just saying there with your your diet, obviously fair play to your missus even sticking to the the diet with with you. So talk us through you know like even the the past few years you know like your strict consistent daily routines you know what what your day-to-day routine consists of with like your diet and, and your training yeah so um like i said before i'm in i'm in a very lucky situation a very privileged where i don't have to work a full-time job you know what i mean um i don't have to kind of a lot of the lads will have to get up for the first session of the day five six bells you know what i mean where i'm not in that position i'm very lucky where you know i got go up around nine ish Bit of, bit of breakfast and then first session of the day is 11 um, and we'll leave around 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday, our boxing days, which is your bad work, your sparring, your bad work and stuff like that. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, we do our strength and conditioning training, um, which is something kind of, when I turn professional, it's not really something I've done, so structured. Yeah. And it's put like, probably around the past 12 months to kind of really feel the benefits of it now. And um, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm getting bigger and I'm stronger, but yeah, that in the morning, come home, chill out, bit of food, and then in the evening, it's um, obviously a lot of running. We'll do, we'll do like weight loss runs, um, distance runs, or like I, I was doing before my, my last fight, I was um, during lockdown, everyone was doing that 5K challenge, and um, I, I did it during lockdown, and I got about 40 minutes from it. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Middle aged women and everything. I'm not having that. So uh, I set myself a little a little task before me uh, my next fight. I was gonna do it below twenty minutes. So I think during the lockdown I think I got about 20, 29 minutes. And um bear in mind I've been on like eating bars of cabbage and bottle of like three breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was uh, my last, my last five k before uh, before my last fight. Uh, Ninety minutes, um, fifty seven, something three seconds under. Yeah. But yeah, so we're out on the roads a lot. Um, I do a bit of yoga. You know what I mean? I try and mix it, mix it up with uh, you know, it's the thing is with boxing, it's not just like other sports where you train your sport and actually don't do so much that goes into it. You have to yeah. do your weights, do your running. Um, we do like quite advanced in our gym, quite up to date. We do a lot of like heart rate monitor stuff and um, and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, there's a massive variety of stuff that that goes goes into it. And mm. each each day, I, sometimes we mix it up. Um, like I said, try and get a few yoga sessions a week. Every now and again, I might get a swim in or so. But yeah, I'm quite structured, and, and then we have a few sessions which are a bit more lean. Especially when it comes to kind of the weight loss sessions, yeah, it's just you know going up a steady run or whatever, going up a steady dick over. But yeah, it's it's a very repetitive sport. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's um, people might look at it and think, oh, you know, he's he, he's blessed and he's privileged, you know, because you, you know you've got the backing of the sponsors. You know, you don't have to go and do a normal job, but it's consistently grinding out that same repetitive routine. Day after day, week in, week out, month after month, until the opportunities come up, and then you get to prove yourself in the ring. That's what people don't see. Definitely, and the training's brutal, you know, and it and it's just like there's, there's bits where you know, like the bike work and the sparring, which is hard to kind of like, you know, you feel like you're getting better, but you know, I'm a, am I really getting better, or is it this? And then there's bits like, so we'll do like rowing machine finishes, like. Lethal, mate. I hate the rowing machine, mate. <laughs> and it comes down, you know, we'll have a board with our times, and it comes down to milliseconds where we beat it last week's, you know, and it's like yeah. that's mental. And then, um, you know, if I didn't beat the time by next week, you know, I've got to beat it next week. <laughs> so little things to wait for like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you go to sleep the night, night before thinking, oh, I've got that rowing machine on. <laughs> Yeah. What well, What would you say is is the toughest part? You know, like in terms of your 
diet, you know, like if you're cutting to make weight or anything like that, what, how strict does your diet go? Is it like weighing up portions? Is it like no carbs? How strict does it get where you, where you might think, fucking hell, I don't want to eat that, but you know you've got to eat it to be strict with, you, with your weight? Yeah, but especially, especially the last few weeks, four or five, four weeks out, you know, it's, it's, it's weighing everything to the, to the, to the nearest grab. Um, and, you know, for this fight, I, I've actually had a nutritionist on board, which I've never yeah. worked before. Yeah. Um, I am, I'm, I'm quite naturally bigger at the weight anyway, at middleweight. Mm. Um, but, you know, I've always done the weight comfortably enough, but I wanted to be feeling good at the weight and doing it right. And, he had me on a diet telling me what to eat when, um, you know, we did, like you say, cutting the carbs out of five, we closer to the fight and all stuff like that. And, you know, it's stuff like you won't really think, like, a few days before the fight, you said you want to be cutting, like, a lot of your veg out and stuff, which obviously you won't think because it's healthy, but it's, um, you know, little things like that that, you know, you never would have thought of. We did, um, I did a water load for the first time, which I've never done before, you know, and I, and I felt great with it. And it's just, again, that's another little percentage added to my weight there, uh, yeah. to my game there, which is obviously making a difference, whether it's a different type of training, whether it's someone I've got on board, do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just adding them little, little, little inches that are going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. Did, did, I mean, as, as a fighter, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably not that healthy, but do you ever do like intermittent fasting or anything like that, or does it have to be, you know, several meals a day? Like, how does your, you know, like your food consumption, is it like a, a bit of chicken, bit of fish, bit of turkey? Like, what, what will you normally consume, like, dietary wise? I'm not, I'm not a big breakfast eater, me. I'm no. I'm not a big breakfast eater, me, yeah, and it's something that you're trying to drill into me, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, I don't feel like eating in the morning. Um, I always get my calories in, I always get, get what I need in, but, you know, I just struggle to eat breakfast, but, um, yeah, it's something I'm working on anyway, but, yeah, but when I'm far out from a camp, it's kind of typical things you'd expect from a, from a boxer. A lot of it is same old shit every night, and half a chicken breast, and full of rice, and I'm full of broccoli, you just, on Monday, you eat it, it's all right, you get to Friday, you eat the same thing. It's just like yeah, it's dead, isn't it? Here, but I'm pretty like I quite enjoy being in the kitchen, mate. I quite enjoy cooking. Yeah, and, yeah. A lot of a lot of the boxes that I know, not not that they don't like it, they just don't know how to do it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, it's something like my my mum's always used to she used to give us little tips or whatever, and you know, it's just something absolutely that I can do now, and I quite enjoy it and I quite man. I'll spice things up a little bit, make things a little bit different and try and make them a little bit as healthy as possible. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's not repetitive because like I said, it's, it's a very repetitive sport anyway in the gym. You know, you don't want it to be too repetitive outside the gym as well. Mm, definitely. But I've, I've always been interested about the natural ability of, of a fighter and whether it comes from being born into an environment where I know you were laughing before and I said oh you know was your dad or your granddad a boxer and you said I'm from a fighting family but not in terms of the boxing but you know if you have it tough from say if you're like from a working class background you might have it almost like in your blood it's almost like it's it's in your it's in your DNA but do you feel like from your own experience and obviously you know you, you probably got friends that are fighters obviously you fought against opponents do you normally find that like the natural born fighters are the ones that that come from that harder upbringing? Like you're not going to come across a, a heavyweight that's been to private school and he's he's done everything else. Yeah, I, I 
think probably because it's kind of like you do get in boxing, you kind of get a lot of, you know, from nothing to the top stories. And, um, you know, not all the time. You know, it's, it's not all the time. But, yeah. You know, it, it is, um, it, it does happen a lot. But do you know the boxer Marvin Agler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just died recently, actually, but he, he has a good quote saying, um, it's hard to get out of bed when you're sleeping in silk pyjamas, he says. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. I mean, like, when you're coming from, from nothing and you've got something to aim for, and, you know, it is easy to drag, out, drag yourself out of bed. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to, you have this goal to aim for. But, um, you know, as a kid, I was, you know what I mean, uh, I wasn't well off, but you know, was, if there was anything they ever needed for my training, like boxing wise, um, if I, I saw mum, dad, I needed a new pair with gloves, or I needed a new pair with boots, I would always get them. Mm. And, and you know, it was just at the time, it was just that's what I did. If I needed them, I would ask them. Yeah, yeah. When, when I'm now a little bit older and a little bit mature, and I look back, I think like they were. They were missing out on something. They were having less to give me that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, there is a lot of parents that were like that. And, um, you know, thinking back now, at, at the time, it's it's just, it, it didn't even cross my mind. But now that I'm a bit, bit older and a bit more mature, it's, I think, yeah. I know they, they were going to be vital for me. Mm. And obviously, you've got, you've got to appreciate that. But yeah. me, there's so many kids who, who are at the top now who kind of, kind of come up from nothing and had that hard upbringing and you know it, it's a tough sport it's a tough sport um, and you need that tough mentality yeah but it, it's not a given you know what I mean you do, you do get it you do get it but um, you know some people just just love to fight and yeah. you know they might, the, the dads might be a multi multi millionaire and they, they might have got the private score like you said but if you love to fight you love to fight yeah and, yeah it's true yeah, so sometimes you do have those ones, though, you know, where, where the parents want, you know, the, the kid to be all prim and proper. It's almost like they, they rebel against the system, like they rebel against what they're being told they've got to do, and then they end up becoming, you know, like the, the, the scrapper. But um, in terms of your, like, natural abilities, obviously one thing I've come across is it's fucking frightening, like how, how quick your, like, hands are and that and, and your movement. How old were you, you know, where, where either you noticed it yourself or where you were in a gym or was it like your parents? Like who started to notice that you had that like natural ability, like with how quick you were? Um, to be honest, it was something, as, as an amateur, uh, I never really, I, I was fast enough, you know what I mean? But it's not like you say, it's probably the standard attribute now. Okay. Um, the, the way you kind of put my shots together with, and my hand speed. And it was something that I was an amateur I didn't really do. We used to throw a lot of single and double punches and yeah. you know, something I've kind of worked on and progressed over over time and now it, it just naturally happens, it, it naturally flows and I think we've kind of grew as a fighter, we've changed as a fighter a lot. Yeah. In the last few years, you know, when I look back at the amateur amateur fights and stuff like that, it, I'm a very different obviously I'm still quite a good amateur, I did well for myself, but you know, I'm a very different style of fighter now. Yeah. Yeah, um, with you know when when you're going into a fight, every opponent is different. You know, in, in the build up to a fight, even though you know you've got to focus on your game and what you can bring. You know, in, in, in your training camp and the build up. Obviously, naturally, you know you, you want to semi understand your opponent. 
when you're going into a fight, will you have some opponents where you think, you know, I'll probably need to go in quickly, try and wear them down and knock them out quickly? Or do you have some fights where you think I need to conserve my energy and it's probably going to be a long call? Like, is every fight normally different dependent on the individual that you fight yeah, in? Depending on your opponent, um, it, it depends what kind of tactics you're gonna you're gonna go go with me. You kind of you've got to have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's so much that can happen in, in the sport, and um, you know it, it's 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 such you know things are changing every second, and it's just kind of you've got to make split second. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Decisions, and, you know. Should I, is he, uh, should I go in for the kill or should I back off and try and save myself for the later rounds and you know it's a split second split second moment where you've got to make that decision and it can it can really it can change the, the outset of the fight and you know you, you, with your different opponents you, you will go in with different mindsets for, for kind of different people but you've, you've got to kind of have backup plans and be prepared for them to kind of come out with something different with the unexpected yeah that, that's what made me laugh uh, Tyson Fury because he's, he's had some funny quotes over the years where he goes everyone's got a game plan until they get fucking smacked in the face yeah. it, it is true because you know you can go in with a game plan but if you take a hard right hook off someone you saw it with um, you know Ruiz with Joshua that first fight where you know the, the odds were absolutely ridiculous stacked against Ruiz and then you know he, dropped, he planted a couple on Joshua and before you knew it he was like he was like, I'm gone, like legs have gone. And I think it's... a lot of it, is, especially with that Ruiz fight, it's the element of surprise as well. Yeah. Like, you know, with, with me, like, I don't really look much like a fighter, you know, I'm just a, a skinny ginger kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't look like I can do much really, but I think sometimes they see that and, and they don't expect much from me. And, you know, but when they get in there with me, they, they, they realise, buddy, how this kid can fight. And... You know, it's too late by then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when you're on the canvas and you're seeing stars, like you think, oh, I can have that ginger kid. He's, he's, got, he's got an all right right hook on him. <laughs> Class. But, um, I know that, you know, with, with any, you know, walk of life, whether, you know, you're, you're a footballer or whether it's music or boxing, you'll, you'll naturally, you know, especially when you're an amateur, you'll have boxers you look up to that you idolise. But... Um, does it does it kind of get to the stage early on in your career where you realise it's important to come away from that and not idolise people too much because then it can become unhealthy if that makes sense. Like you, instead of looking up to people too much, you've got to think I need to just focus on me and who I can be as a boxer. Um, or does it not really matter too much if that makes sense? A little bit in a way, yeah, a little bit in a way. But you know, it's always nice to be inspired and. You know, look up to people like you said. Like when I was a kid, especially young, I was a massive Ricky fan. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, obviously being from Manchester, I uh, used to watch him. Used to used to post it up in the gym, and you know, now he's just he's just Ricky. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I feel like he was always. I've never met him. It feels like he was always just Ricky. You know, like when you look at his persona and that, you think. He's, he's just solid, he knows how to fight and he's yeah. just very good at it. Yeah, definitely. But I think, like you said, if you, if you focus on yourself and you dedicate yourself enough and, and you know, you put enough time and you become good enough that a lot of these people that you did look up to as a kid, like, you will just naturally get to know him, like, over time. Like, like we knew, uh, me with Ricky, 
or like Andy Collins was another one that I used to look up to as a kid a lot. And you know, you, you just get to know them because they know it's you and know it's what this kid's dedicated, it's good fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, I think if you focus on yourself, like all the things come. Yeah, definitely. Out of interest with your uh, fights today, I know you've obviously you've had the um, the ten professional ones which are undefeated, but before that, you know, you've had did you say it was ninety odd amateur fights, and then yeah, which mate, I didn't even realise that that's insane. Like how many how many you've had um, so far? But what would you say has been your favourite fight to date, and which fight would you say has been the most difficult? I'd say, I'd say, me, well, either my last fight or the fight before. The fight before was at Manchester Arena, which is a dream of mine to fight at Manchester Arena. Like, yeah. fight there, or, you know, we used to go and watch Crover there um, all the time. And, you know, it's, it's been a dream of mine to fight there, and it was just so nice to take you off the list. But I think for performance, it would probably be my last fight as my favourite. Um, and then, yeah, I had a few hard fights as well, but you know, I didn't, uh, I'd, I'd box anyone in front of me, you know what I mean, and as a, like I said, I don't well as an amateur, I won a few titles and stuff, but I feel as an amateur, I'd always kind of, the big fights that made the difference. Yeah. I'd, I'd always fall short a little bit. Mm. And then, and I think now, you know, it, that's made me, as a pro, like, I'm not going to be the same as a pro, you know, I just have this mentality where, as an amateur, which is a little bit not good enough, missing out on, on shots, and there's a lot of things that went into it. Um, but yeah, like, as a pro, you know, when I look back, I, I think I'm not going to be like that. Like, these big fights have made the difference. You know, I'm going to, even if it's just by a little bit, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm kind based, and that's why, you know, we, I'm, I'm putting all the work in like you have now. Mm, yeah. With, um, you know, when, when you're going through so many fights as a, as a professional boxer, obviously it goes without saying, you know, in, in your camps, it's always positive mindset, do what I can, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win the fight. But, you know, even, you know, the most successful boxers in their professional career lose the odd fight. And obviously, you know, touch wood, you know, I hope you go your whole career undefeated. But is there, you know, ever those times where you have the discussions and almost like mentally prepare to say, you might have one or two, hopefully, like I say, never happens, fights where you think it's almost good to mentally prepare if you ever, God forbid, had a loss and how you come back from it. Or do you think, as a boxer, you've just got to focus on the win and if it did ever come to a draw or a loss, you just deal with it when it happens? Yeah, you know, it, it, it is. It's part of the sport. It happens. And I think because, of, because maybe whoever did it, when it's full career undefeated, I think recently in the last few years it's kind of this stigma around you know and keeping an undefeated record and having the soul not losing your own. Um it made kids not jump into these big fights or these fights and push them on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're like this one. It's a good quote, it's the boxing for everyone says this. Record records are for DJs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and fair enough. I mean, one day there's a high high probability that I might lose, but 
I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. Nah, you know, of course. You know, all of these fights, I'm confident going into it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think um, I think I'm, I'm not scared of losing. I'm not. I, I won't be avoiding anyone to kind of keep that undefeated record. You know, I want to test myself and get in there with the best. And you know, that's the way to do it. If, if you're fighting the best, it's going to be a, a big risk out of it. That you've got to get beat. Yeah, like you say, in, in order to get to the top, you know, those, um, you know, I, I don't know the, the, the belts off the top of my head, you know, wh- whatever belt it is that you're, you're going for, you know, you, you can't just go for, you know, the, the, owner, the opponent that you think you're going to beat because I feel like in terms of a legacy, and I think you saw it with, with Klitschko, obviously, when Fury eventually beat him on, on, on his home soil in Germany, it's because he'd gone that long, and obviously, don't get me wrong. Obviously, he's a world class fighter. But if you got your whole career just fighting people where you think, yeah, I'm probably going to retain this undefeated record, it's easier for me to say, obviously, because I'm not, I'm not the one stepping in a ring. But I think it, it applies to any walk of life. If you go the, not necessarily the the easy route, but the easier route, I just feel like if I was in my old age and I was looking back on a legacy and I'd done things the the easier way, I just couldn't have that same level of integrity and pride knowing that maybe I hadn't taken on the harder challenges. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like we were saying before about um, kind of the, the politics of boxing, especially at the moment, there's, there's a lot of, you'll fight for a vacant title and, you know, while you're... There's times in the past few years where people have become world champions and never even boxed the belt. You know, they call them email champions. You'll get a belt through email. You know what I mean? They'll say you've been you've been raised at the ranking thinking about the champion. And if that's if that's the way to do it, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't class myself as a world champion until I've defended it or beat another champion. And um, but it's the way the sport is now. You've got so many belts coming and going. Yeah, titles, interim titles, super champions, and you know it, it's hard to keep track of. But um, in the sport, you know the, the the boxing people know if you've kind of done it the right way, and if you've not, they won't let you off the hook. But yeah, like, yeah. You know, you've gone about it the easy way. Yeah, but um, I know um, you were saying earlier on, despite how tough the pandemic has been, you know it, it's classic. You've still had the sponsors backing you and. I was looking through one of your earlier posts, you know, where, you know, you were giving thanks to, you know, your family and, and Blaine and, and Steve and your sponsors as well. It, it looked like there was about 15 sponsors, correct me if I'm wrong, in total. And it, it was, you know, you've got everyone from demolition companies to property. And then there was, there was cryolabs to even, I think it was a hair restoration leader. So it's like a massive wide variety of, um, of sponsors, but... Was it a matter with these sponsors of like, do you and your management team pitch it to them or do you know some of them personally? How does that kind of work with the sponsors? The, the majority of them, mate, to be honest, the, the, the majority of them when I turn pro, I do know personally. Okay. They've come on since then. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, we sponsored there with some, some give me a lot more than others, some just give me little bits, but, you know, I'm just so thankful for the help in any way. Yeah. You know what I mean? and, like I said, a lot of these these lads have come on. It was kind of they were just doing us a favour at first when it just turned pro, and um, and you know now hopefully when I get onto a bigger stage and you know people start taking notice, I'm going to do them a few favours and you know repay the favour and hopefully send some business or whatever their way. But yeah, a lot of them you know they just they, they want to see me do well. A lot of them don't be sent to a little kid or whatever. And, 
journey. Yeah, it's quality. It's it, it's a nice touch as well. Obviously, when it's personal, you know, and they they believe in you that way. You know, it's not just some random guy who thinks, you know, I'll make a few quid off having my sponsor on his shorts. You know, it's all about give and take, isn't it? You know, they believe in you, and then later on down the line, you know, you'll repeat repay them. However, however you can. So, yeah. But um, I know we've we've kind of already touched on it, but what are the realities of like being an up and coming boxer? Whether it's like the sacrifices you have to make inside or outside of the ring, and, and some of the hardships you might go through. Um, whether it's like the pandemic or just it, even in general, like what would you say? Like the when you're having maybe your tough days, where you think, "Oh, this is proper grueling." Yeah, it is. It's there's some days, especially early, early on. Like I said, a lot of these lads, when they first come over to the pro banks, you think, I'm going to be making loads of money, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. And it's, it's, there is hard days where, you know, you think, like, is this really worth it? Like, should I just go and get an office job with, with your mates, you know what I mean? Who, uh, like me. Nah, mate, I trust me, I'd rather be taking a right up. Like off you than fucking sat in an office every day, trust me. Yeah, but you know, there is, there is days where, where you question it, and, you know, when you when you only get your paid bits for your fight or whatever, or you're losing sponsors, and you know what I mean? There was, for the first two years as a pro, I was kind of just just doing enough to get by and, until the next fight, but um, yeah, it, it is hard, and there's a lot, of, a lot of sacrifice that it's just normal now, like. It's, it's second nature to me. It's just I'm, I miss my birthdays most years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. There's all the lads going and all day. Like I can't go and train. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? There's so much you miss out on. So much you, you sacrifice, and um, and it is hard sometimes. But like I said, it is second nature. Um, I'm just used to it, and um, but I tell you now, it's it's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quality. From watching boxing growing up, one thing I've noticed is you know you can be in immense physical condition, your training camp can go well, but if you're not in the right mindset and mentally prepared to take on your opponent, then you can crumble. For instance, like you look at a lot of the fighters when, you know, I know Mike Tyson was just different level of like intimidating, but the look of fear and the body language on his opponents, even before they touch gloves, you could tell he already had that psychological advantage over them. And I think we we saw it, you know, obviously it was great that he um, beat him in the rematch, but a lot of people commented on, when Joshua was going into the ring with that first fight against Ruiz, even I think Tyson Fury and all his camp said they could tell there was just something not quite right with him. And I know that probably every boxer, you know, like it's, it's hard every single fight to be in that right mindset. But would, would you say from your experience so far, like you're naturally pretty cool when it comes to stepping in the ring, like you said before, it's your natural habitat because of like, like I said, you can... You know, you can be ripped, you can have a great training camp, but if you're not right up there, it's almost like you could lose the fight before you've even started. Yeah, definitely. You know, with, with me, like you said, I'm pretty cool and 
like I've done it my whole life and um, I think you get to these bigger fights it is a difference um, you know I've, I've never I've never been in the ring we kind of got to the middle and took to go to the local boss and thought oh this one's going to be <laughs> I've never thought that but yeah. I can imagine if it was to cross my mind that's it then it's game over and you know you, you, the, fight's, the fight's gone Mm. Um, and like you say, you know, it, it does happen, and whatever, whatever reason it is kind of behind that, it, it, it has a massive, massive effect on your, on your physical performance, your, your mental performance. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, like like you already said before, you're naturally, you know, like a cool cat when when you're stepping into the ring. But do do you go through any other? kind of mental preparation when you're leading up to a fight or do you literally just focus on like the training aspect and then it just comes naturally because it's all you've ever done and you're used to it? Yeah, you know, I don't really have to kind of focus on anything else because you just take it a day at a time like the before. You yeah. Like, oh, I've got the rower tomorrow. I'm like, that's one. <laughs> More worried about the rower instead of fighting some middle way. Yeah, and then you do you get out of the way you're like oh I've got Hillsman's on Saturday oh that's another, another <laughs> you know it, it's slowly but surely because the training is so hard and it's so intense and then you've got the making weight side of it the yeah. making weight of it's so hard and intense that you know that, that becomes half the battle sometimes and you weigh in on the Friday the day before or whatever you make weight and it's like oh shit I'm fighting tomorrow <laughs> like yeah. it's on that and um, yeah, that, that's kind of the way I look at it. It, it is good to take it day by day because I think, especially the world we live in now, because we're constantly like wanting the next thing, focusing too much on the future. And I think, especially with with something like boxing, you know, if you started overanalyzing or overthinking, then it would probably be more to your detriment. You know, you've got to just take it day by day and focus more on, you know, the training and the job at hand. Because if if you did overthink. You know, you, you, I suppose you don't want to be doing that, do you? Like going into the ring. Definitely, it, it can. Um, it's, it's quite a simple sport. Uh, at the end of the day, boxing. You know what I mean, you just got to just got to punch someone more than they punch you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be sometimes, but you know, it's nice to remind yourself that sometimes. Yeah, but uh, what what are your hopes and dreams for the for the future? And not realistically, how long do you think it will take you to you know to get to these like big opportunities because of earning your stripes on, on the undercards? Yeah, I, in, in the next year or so, I want to get myself in a position where I'm looking at titles, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm going to fight the titles and, you know, whether COVID is going to kind of hold me back still, even though we're back at the end of it, we'll see. But, um, yeah, that's where I want to be. And I want to, like I said before, but about um, boxing at Manchester Arena and, you know, I, I grew up watching Mickey there and watching Colin and Scott Brigg and that there and you know I yeah we have kind of ticked it off the list I've done it but I've done it I was on at about 4pm and you know what I mean there was, there was only about 200 people and I think all of them was full straight for the emergency <laughs> so um, I'm, you know I want to be I want to like they did I want to be selling the place out you know what I mean I want, I want that that kind of monkey in your foundation you come out to support me and you know, I want, I want to be winning titles now. I want to be entertaining fights there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I say, oh, that's fight of the year contender, that great fight. And, you know, I, I think I have that potential. And, you know, this is kind of why, 
players getting involved in like Tom and stuff now, as we were saying before. Mm. Uh, you know, I want to kind of build that brand and build that, that fan base of people who are going to kind of push me on in, in, in the ring and join the fire to give me, give me that extra bit of percentage. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. But I, I was laughing then when you were saying about like the Mancunian fan base. It was it was mad, like how big Ricky Hatton's fan base was. Yeah, like, crazy, mate. I, I don't think it'll ever be done again. Like, nah, it's mad. How many overs did it take over to Vegas? My like forty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas, it's absolutely not. I'm not but still, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, like, Manchester was over there. <laughs> You know, I just, I don't think it, that'll ever be done again. You know, it, it was unbelievable, but, you know, we've got this kind of new, uh, new lease of life coming through Manchester, like you said. You know, Ricky's lads obviously turned pro now. With, yeah. You know, a lot of young, young coming lads, very talented, so you never know. Yeah, that, that made me laugh just before the last question. Um, that, that press conference, I watched it again the other day, the Mayweather one, where, like, you fucking, obviously, you had all the mics in the crowd just going on a on a mad one and that and then um, I think like I think Floyd was next to him and he was speaking he turned around and he goes Floyd can you stop touching my cock you <laughs> he's just a fucking character man I think yeah so these Americans sometimes I think they don't know you know like the English game are a bit sad yeah 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 like, they don't really know what's happening sometimes but I love that I love that me when, when you see him looking at like what's going on especially when he's like wow these guys are absolutely mental but it's class. I know. But um, finally, what advice would you give to anyone who's looking to venture into boxing, especially if they're serious about it? Um, like I said before, it's very similar to what, to what I get told. You know, if it's if you if you're good enough and you put the work in, you know, you've just got to be patient. Like it'll come, it'll come, and there'll be ups and there'll be downs, and there'll be times where you'll think. You know, is this for me? Mm. I'm good enough. You know, it is. I'm not going to reach my goal, but if you're just patient and you persevere, like it, you know, you get there. And even with me, like, I'm, I'm not where I want to be. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm just still, I still have that mentality. You know, I've got to be, got to be patient. I've got to keep putting the work in. And you know, it, if I am good enough, you know, it, it'll come. And yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it will, brother. But um. Now, I really appreciate your, your time, mate, and hopefully I can, because um, my business partner lives in um, Swinton, actually, it's not too far away from the, the city centre, so hopefully I can come and watch you sometime, knock seven bells of shit out of someone. Anytime, mate, and then we can have, we can have a beer to celebrate. <laughs> nice one, mate. Take care of yourself. Cheers, mate.